You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Screeners Podcast. This is April. This is Chad. I'm Daniel. And we hey. also have Tyler Howard joining back. us again. Hey, He's Tyler. back. An unofficial official person of persons. Whatever. Welcome back, Tyler. I just show up and talk about movies sometimes. The person I of- like that title, an unofficial person <laughs> of persons. It makes me sound <laughs> I don't know what that means, but really I like Really both official and, and also not. unofficial. And yeah. like cool, but also totally not. Um, yeah, probably so not. <laughs> probably not. Let's be honest. I run a podcast called the Geek Card Check, so I'm going to leave Touché. that up to you guys. Hey, man, geek is the new cool. That's right. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we are here on this lovely week of what is this? Two or three of quarantine, mm-hmm. and. We have done our podcast via Zoom before Zoom was the official mm-hmm. coronavirus way of, of communication. communication. <laughs> so we are practicing social distancing during this episode, so don't you worry. And we hope before we dive into this episode, which is going to be fun, that you all are safe and sound and not coughing on each other and washing your hands all the time and wiping down everything with wipes if you have found them, and hopefully you can. So... Weird times, very, very strange times we are here, but we hope that we can bring some light to your life with a useless debate (laughs) over our top 10 movies. It's not useless. How dare you? This is high quality (laughs) right now. If it's ever, there's never been a more useful time for people to have a list of old movies to watch. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's that's a very good point, Chad. So this is actually very important work that we are doing for there you, you <laughs> so that you can go back and rewatch these movies or watch them for the first time if you've missed them, because we are going to dive into our top 10 movies of the 2000s. But before we do, just want to remind you all, as you are probably on social media more than ever, this is a great time for you to go like us or like our page on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash screenerscast or on Twitter, at ScreenersCast, and tweet us, message us, post about us, leave us a review wherever you listen. We would love to hear from you, especially now, because we're all quarantined in our homes, and we would love to chat with whoever is out there listening. All right, Chad, you want to take us away? We'll dive into our top ten. Welcome to the main event. April did a wonderful job setting the stage for the great debate of the 2000s. Now, the one thing that is true about the 2000s, in particular, is that I was a lot older than everybody else on this show when they <laughs> got there. I don't, I don't even know how they were in two thousand. Then they'd probably been in middle school or something. But we're going back, so we we are going to take these next several weeks to explore decades of the past. We're even considering. Daniel mentioned in our last show the possibility of doing an overall in all the films that we've seen a top ten individual list of all time. Ooh, and here's that's the thing. Hard. I don't know that I've ever tried to put that list together, Daniel, really? so that would be difficult, but we may oh, actually give that a shot. That would be great. We're certainly going to keep making recommendations for things for you to watch on streaming services, but today we bring our focus to the decade of the 2000s. So here we are, and we're going to do a countdown from 10 to 1. We're each going to list our top tens and why we put that list together, and then we have some fun subcategories that Daniel will take us through at the end. 
So, everybody, are we ready to jump in? I do want to ask you, was it difficult for you to put this list together? And the only reason I say that is, I, for me, the 2010 decade was much harder for me to order than this one was. I, I found that kind of interesting. But I am interested in how you put your list together, what criteria you used to build your top 10. Was it your favorite or did you try to pick the objective best or was it because it was important during the decade? Whatever that may be for you. And then we'll go from there. So let's have some fun. Let's jump in with our number 10 picks of the 2000s. And Tyler, as our permanent special guest, we'll start with you. What is your number 10? So I agree with you, by the way. This was this was a an easier one to find the top 10. And if we were going way deeper to, to 20, I think it would have been like it would have been much more nuanced in it. But these are I, I think these were informed by what have I watched and rewatched and rewatched again and again. That's kind of yeah. how I went with it. Uh, this is I'm surprised that I, I had this on here, actually. But I, I kept coming back, kept putting it up there. Oceans 11. I love Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, I think it is a masterpiece of a movie in so many ways. It is. It's a blast from start to finish. Okay, Ocean's Eleven, and it surprised you that it's there. Okay, it kept floating like lower, and then I kept raising it up as I compared it to other movies, and it just kept floating to the top. It was great. Okay, Ocean's Eleven, good pick, good pick. April, let's go to you. What is your number ten, and how did you go about putting your list together? Okay, so this decade was actually much harder for me because oh. this was kind this decade was like my coming of age decade. Mm-hmm. So okay. I have a lot of like personal attachment to films that may not necessarily be the best technical or quality film as far as filmmaking, but in the 2000s I didn't care about that. I liked what I liked. Yeah, it was just it was hard. It, this one was was tough for me. I had an automatic 5 cuz they're like in my top 10 overall anyway, but then the rest of it was like, ah. The theme of your list is I like what I like. Okay, <laughs> I like it. I, I do think good. most of them are actually good films too, obviously, because I like them. But um, Most of them. Okay. Not, not all most of them are of good them. films, she says. That's an important <laughs> yeah. qualification. So, That's true. And I do have to preface this that I cheated a little, and I, uh, I'm not going to tell you how I cheated. I will explain. You will know when it happens, but just I'm just throwing it out there so I don't get bombarded. when She has 14 it. in her top 10. That's, That's exactly where that it going. No. Oh, oh, I know exactly why. I know, I know exactly, exactly the what cheat is coming. Is. Yeah, I know it. Okay, well. I do well, too. <laughs> okay, well. Spoiler. Okay. Um, so my number 10, this is one of those ones where I like what I like, and I'm not going to apologize for it. I have rewatched this movie probably at least 20 times. It's like. It was the best slumber party movie to watch. Like, I tell you, this is my coming of age decade. And that is Red Eye. Hi. That's actually my son. You're kidding. You're not kidding. So what are the odds, huh? I know. You're not stalking me, are you? No. (gasps) So what do you do? Oh, my God. Lisa. bad things happen to good people oh wow I, whoa that wow. is a, that's a surprise i love, I love that movie i could oh it's so good i just could watch that over and over again and i don't care hey. that is a good movie no apology needed the conceit behind it is really pretty strong oh, i like sure. it 
That's good. Didn't yeah. expect it on a top ten, but it's a good movie. Uh yeah. I mean, well, it's it's my top ten. These are like. Hey, that's fair. Curious in a in a weird way about your the slumber parties that you guys were at that you were watching Red Eye. <laughs> Listen, guys, <laughs> she likes what she likes. Leave her alone. That's right. No, it's a good pick. I like it. All right, Daniel, let's go to you. How did you put your list together? And what's your number ten? Uh, much much like April, um, this this was my my coming of age decade as well. Um, well, first of all, I want to start with this. I'm here under duress. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted so much this more time. I, I we went back and forth in the Slack channel. I wanted so much more time. When I first pitched this show idea, doing the best of the, the 2000s decade, I was like, yeah, we'll take a few months to prepare, and that was like like uh, three weeks ago. Uh, because I just wanted to rewatch everything like I did for our last decade. For, for when we did Best of the 2010s, I spent almost all of 2019 rewatching these movies and really working hard to compile the list. So I didn't get to do that for this one. So I watched some. I had been the coronavirus doesn't bit. care about your schedule, Dana. <laughs> no. and, and neither does Chad. So, um, <laughs> so anyway, here we are. You gotta and, go with your gut. That's what this is. Uh, no, I want. I want to process. I want to watch. I want. I had a whole list of movies that I wanted to watch to like reevaluate. You know, to see if they belonged on my list, but. Anyway, I got to some of that, not all of it. So, um, but but here we go. Well, I'm I'm here for my list. So, how I put it together, like I was saying, this this was my coming of age decade as well. Uh, I I don't really care about dating myself. So so I graduated high school in 2010. So I spent the 2000s, you know, growing up, obviously, and um, I really started following the Oscars and, and movies hardcore in 2009. And so the 2010s was where I really got serious about film and pretty much watched everything. So it was kind of easier to put this list together. But for the, for the 2000s, it t- I was always catching up, right? I was always watching the movies that people talked about or that I heard about or whatever. So so that's kind of why I feel less prepared for this one than the last one. But I'm still really happy with these lists, with this list because these are the movies that really shaped me. These are movies that I found in high school or college that really made a mark on me as I became an adult. So all of the movies on here are, are, I've I've spent so much time with and have really, like I said, really made an impact on me. So, so anyway, so that's kind of how I approached this list and these movies. And so um, one other thing is for all of these movies, I looked up, because we are in the middle of this quarantine... I have gone on Just Watch, which is one of my favorite websites that tells where everything is streaming. And so I have the streaming information for all these movies. The current streaming, obviously, can change if you listen to this later on. But uh, So I'll provide that with each movie. So all that aside, my number 10 Very movie. Very helpful. That's actually a great idea, Daniel. Yeah. So my number 10 movie is Zodiac, David Fincher's. David Fincher's movie. Uh, it is. It's just meditative and the right amount of scary and film noirish and and honestly kind of ballsy um, for the way it tackles the the story. So, I love it. There you go. And it's available on a bunch of places. It's on Pro- Amazon Prime, Hoopla if you have a library card, Canopy also if you have a library card, and Crackle if you're really desperate. So, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great pick. Zodiac is a, a masterpiece. I, yeah. I I stand by that for sure. All right. So unlike the last two people on the, the show, this decade was not my coming of age decade. I was clearly of age in that decade. Um, I was 25 when that decade started, but I was I was about seven, eight years out of college 
working in the production industry, loving movies. One thing that going through this decade did was remind me of how many fantastic movies Mm. came out this decade. While it was somewhat easy for me, I'm going to say somewhat, I had about 14 that were clear for me that I tried to get into my 10, but then I had a really long list of potential honorable mentions, maybe 20 movies that were just all really outstanding. So this was a great decade for film. And for me, looking back on these as an older individual now, my feelings towards some of these films is more nuanced than it was when I saw it when I was 25 or 26, 27 years old. So in putting my list together, I just did my best to try and remember what it was about those films, the ones, and certainly I've revisited many of these many times, that made it stand out to me when I saw it for the first time. So that's why my list ended up with a kind of a mishmash of films that I just really loved love and films that I think are actually excellent films. So my number 10 is a movie that was not on my top 10 for the longest time. It was going back and forth with a couple of other films, but ultimately I gave it the nod because I think it is an important film that helped mark the decade. And that is Paul Greengrass's United 93. Oh, man. It oh, was wow. the most harrowing mm-hmm. experience I had in the mm-hmm. theater that year. It is the, the retelling of the, the Flight United 93. It happens in real time. And it used uh, a lot of the actual communication from phone calls from people on the plane that they made to their families. And then Paul Greengrass's kinetic directorial style really lends itself to the kind of film that this is. The families of the people that were on United 93 after the film came out bonded together around this movie. I've only watched it twice. I watched it once in the theater and it almost destroyed me and I watched it once again when I bought it and I it's just you're never in the mood to watch that movie but it's not just because of the emotion that is involved there obviously. The craft around that film mm. and the way that it's put yeah. together is really masterful yeah. um, and so even though it's an extremely hard watch I think that's an important film in the decade and that's why it's my number 10. Great pick. That was that's on my long pick. list as well. I yeah. forgot about that movie. So. I yeah, did yeah. not watch that movie. It, it was too, yeah. It's it, it's yeah. rough. It is really rough. Um, okay, so let's uh, go back to you, Tyler, or to our number nine picks. What's your number nine? Sure, and actually that one is streaming. If we're just listing streaming picks, that one's streaming over on HBO Go. Mine um, is, my number nine is No Country for Old Men. Mm. Because I, and and I'm actually a little surprised that it's not higher on this list, but it, man, this is a movie that I think it's the, one of the greatest adaptations of any book ever made in terms of it just faithful, like being able to translate word to screen in such a powerful way is is really shocking. Plus it is a harrowing, it's a harrowing tale of just this guy on a run being chased by almost a Michael Myers like, you know, stoic figure, but even more because this guy is terrifying in his in his way of judging things and uh, i just love it it is a great movie fantastic pick yeah a lot of people have problem with the ending but i am not one of those people that's a great pick oh and this is streaming over on hoopla as well if you've got a library card or stars if you're one of those special people there you go and may I also suggest you can still buy physical discs. Don't make fun of me because it's the best, highest quality version and you will actually own it forever. All right, let's go to you, April. What's your number nine? Yeah, so this film came out the year that I graduated high school. And I'm just going to clarify because I was not 12 when I watched this film. <laughs> I grew up in a very conservative household. And so we did not really watch R-rated movies very often. And my parents went out of town. So me and my brother went out and rented this from Blockbuster. This is back when Blockbuster was still a thing. Um, 
Anyway, I was floored by this movie because it was brilliant, but also that people actually said that many F words. <laughs> so it was also my first taste of Martin Scorsese. And yes. then I went back and watched all the other good stuff, of course. But anyway, it's The Departed. Nice. Great pick. Nice. That That is my number 11. I almost had that in there. So good. Yeah. So you actually waited for your parents to go out of town and then snuck a, a viewing of The Departed. <laughs> I know, when, I, for you. when I was 18. <laughs> that's a fantastic pick excellent pick all right daniel let's go to you what's your number nine my number nine um is in my opinion quentin tarantino's masterpiece and his greatest film um and that's inglorious bastards it is super good perfectly crafted and it kind of covers so many genres The, the opening scene is iconic and tense and it's just it's just an incredible incredible film all around and it's streaming on Netflix. So there you go. Fantastic pick. Yeah, I imagine that there will be some overlap as we mm-hmm. go through this list. And I should mention to our listeners at home, we do not share these lists with each other in advance. So we're finding out for mm-hmm. the first time as you do all together. Uh, my number nine is a film that I am confident is going to be high on many of your lists, both of those listening at home and my fellow screeners. For me, it's a movie that I love. I think it's fantastic. Top of my mind when I started putting this together, I thought this would be in my top five. But it ended up being down at number nine. It's still a great movie for all the reasons that I'm sure many of you will also talk about, and that is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Uh, It's a a beautiful film. It's a a sci-fi conceit, but it's harrowing and kind of scary at times, and and also romantic and the performances are beautiful and you know Michelle Gondry's direction is flowy and almost abstract in a way but it's it's just a wonderful wonderful movie that that I still love uh, to this day so it's Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind it is streaming on stars on stars all right moving right along takes us to our number eight Tyler what's your eight uh, mine. This this is a movie that changed what I knew comedy could be. Um, before, like I grew up on Adam Sandler and Chris Farley movies, and which are great and fantastic and and like perfect for twelve year olds to watch and to just die laughing. But this one was like, wow, comedy can also be like deep and meaningful and powerful and say something. And this is Knocked Up. Judd Apatow's mm-hmm. Knocked yeah. Up just mm-hmm. absolutely changed what I understood t- comedy to be. And, and I loved it and everything that kind of came out of the Judd Apatow factory for about yeah. 10 years there. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a phenomenal movie. And I think Tyler, you probably expected that that would be on my list as well. I did. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's not, but I just wanted to get the opportunity to talk about Judd Apatow here. Cause I, I'm with you. Tyler and I really bonded over Judd Apatow yeah. and, and uh, in those years, just cause that was, I mean, that was comedy in the mid two yep. thousands. Right. And as I, I still love Judd Apatow movies. Um, Knocked Up has the more I've watched it, I think I, I, it's kind of dropped down in my estimation. Um, sure. it's, it's not. It doesn't hold up like I hoped that it would, but uh, but I still have a lot of a lot of uh, nostalgia for that movie for sure. We had an unprecedented run of fantastic comedies yeah. in that in yep. that decade. Yep. But Knocked Up is 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 still really great and all, not on my top ten, but a great great pick nonetheless. Yeah. All right, let's go to you, April. What is your number eight? All right, my number eight came out in the year 2000, so I did my decade based starting in the year 2000 mm-hmm. and ending in 2009, mm-hmm. just to clarify. Um, That's the correct but, way to do it. Okay, good. Um, and that is Gladiator. Nice. Oh, yeah. So good. I know. I love that movie. It holds up. Just go watch it. It does. 
<laughs> we watched. Uh, I, I I teach ancient lit and history, and so we can't watch that whole movie because it's you know very rated R. But it's just it's fun to watch clips of some just really epic scenes in that movie. Yeah. And the kids still it holds up for the kids, and that's that's hard to do sometimes. I have a very specific memory of walking out of the theater with some friends of mine. We went to go see that movie, and we had not said anything or expressed how we felt about it as we were walking to the car. And before we got in the car, one of my friends, <laughs> who was not really like this, he just stopped and yelled at the sky. He was like, <laughs> what are you doing? He was like, that was so incredible. And then we started, you know, like high-fiving. It was totally, it was the dumbest thing ever. But that movie made me feel that way. It was yeah. just a really, really thrilling, thrilling really movie. Good. Great great pick. All right, Daniel, let's go to you. What's your number eight? Yeah, there are two movies on, on my list that I feel like are – like really obvious picks. I, I always want to try to be more original than this. I feel like this is one that's going to just be on so many lists, but I, I rewatched it in preparation for this and it really does belong here. Um, it It's it's the greatest superhero movie ever made. It's one of the greatest blockbusters ever made. It's so smart. And uh, that's The Dark Knight. Uh, it's just mm. it's just so nice. good and so undeniable. And it's probably the superhero movie that feels the most realistic. Yeah. And uh, so 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 dark but not not dreary and so uh yeah i i love the dark knight and that is on netflix right now yeah there's you're not going to get any obviously argument on that one and i'm yeah. sure we'll mm-hmm. hear it from it again my my nephew um my is 18 getting ready to go to college and for some reason he had never seen the dark knight and literally wow. last week my brother and my nephew sat down and watched it and brandon my brother came in the next day he was like man i can't the Dark Knight is so incredible. I just yeah. forgot how awesome it was. Yeah. And it does. It just, it still holds up. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. My number eight pick is one that is also from the Apatow factory. I don't rem- very much your experience with Knocked Up was my experience with the 40-year-old virgin. So This good. movie yeah. is still remains one of my top two comedies, maybe three of all time. Steve Carell's performance is so sweet, and yet it's hilarious. The friend group is hilarious. The romance is fairly authentic for a silly comedy and it's also the message underneath it is really just wonderful and warm and i laughed so many iconic lines and moments so i 40 year old virgin for me is is just way up there in a movie that i really mm. love that's nice. a great one yeah, love it love it all right so we march along let's go to our number seven picks back to you tyler all right, this one is uh, this is kind of a representative pick of of just a love that I have uh, for a whole series of films, and this is uh, this is Casino Royale. This may be too much for a blunt instrument to understand. Any thug can kill. I want you to take your ego out of the equation. So you want me to be half monk, half hitman? I knew it was too early to promote you. Well, I understand double O's have a very short life expectancy. Um, I absolutely right. love it. I think it is. I think it's one of the best action movies ever made. It is by far the best Bond movie ever made. And I and I love Skyfall, and Skyfall's great. But it is, it's Casino Royale all day long for me. They reinvented the Bond film. The opening chase, the the foot chase. Uh, well, the opening black and white. Uh, you know how he gets his he gets his double O is is awesome. But then the, that crazy long foot chase um, with parkour sequences is just. It was like, who is this James Bond? He is not Roger Moore or Pierce Brosnan, and just he reinvented Bond for a new era. And I absolutely love Casino Royale, and it is he on really did. HBO Go. Nice. Excellent. 
Excellent. All right, let's go to you, April. What's your number eight? Number seven. Otherwise known as number seven. What's your number seven? <laughs> the other number I was seven. confused. I was like, wait, I did that. So my number seven is an M. Night Shyamalan film, and I feel like I couldn't do a top ten 2000s list without including at least one of these films. So proud, so proud. Yes, so, and I went back and forth, because actually- it better be the right one. <laughs> there's two of this decade that I just- Lady in the Water. Love, love, love. <laughs> Lady in the Water. Yeah, it's not that one. Um Anyway, so I decided on this one. I think it's the the best of his from that decade, and that is Signs. Yes, so that's the correct good. answer. Good. That's good. the correct answer. It's a great movie. It's so good. It really is funny how he can make some just masterful movies and then make some of the worst movies ever made. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really, it's yeah, really it's crazy. crazy. It is nuts. It's a talent. I think it's actually a talent. <laughs> it is. It's you a gift. Really, Although, <laughs> you could really study the arc of his filmography. Oh yeah. It, it really is just, it's a fascinating rise and fall. It, it's, it's almost a, 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 if you like tracked how good the movies are, it's really just a, a straight downhill. And then now he's started to come back up a little bit. Back up. It's mm-hmm. fascinating. He's, he's got to go back to his roots of, of the, you know, mini budget. You know, that's why he, he worked so well with Blumhouse too. That but that's the he, thing. He can't just go back to what he did before because he, he became a character, uh, like yeah. a caricature of himself. Right. His films yeah. had such a specific style that when right. he just kept doing it, it became a joke. It's yeah. just fascinating. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Although Signs is another film so that good. I think really ha- stands up, even though some people complain about how it resolved. I com- I vehemently disagree with that. I think that's a great yeah. movie. Same. Yeah. All right. Let's go to you, Daniel. What's your number seven? My number seven. Um, I- I've spoken about my love of musical movies, not just musicals, but movies about music. And um, and Once is one of the best, and that's my number seven pick. Who'd you write this song for? She's gone. She's dead? No, she's not dead. She's gone. I used to play in the orchestra back at home. You don't want to go for a walk or something, huh? My wife is going to be so so happy with you. I I remember the specific moment watching this for the first time, and I I remember exactly the moment in the movie where I, I thought, I'm in love with this movie. Um, it's it's during the first uh, Say It To Me Now uh, where he's playing that on the street. It, it's just, it's raw, but it is so emotional and touching, and the music is obviously just incredible. And it feels so so small scale, so thrown together, but it's just, it, it really impacted me a lot, and, and it still does today. I, I was able to rewatch it. So, yeah, it's just, uh, it's a remarkable movie that I don't think, uh, enough people have seen nowadays. I think it was it was kind of big at the time and then kind of has faded now. But uh, it is not streaming anywhere for free, but it's available to rent, and I really it's worth the money. So you should. You Although should watch don't it. rent it because you could probably buy a Blu-ray for the same price you'd rent it. You could <laughs> probably get it for like that's eight bucks. True. The the soundtrack the or not the soundtrack but the the lead song for that yeah. uh, falling slowly was a song that was very special to my wife and I when we were dating. And one of the first gifts I ever gave her was the the score from nice. Once. We love that movie. It's 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 so a good. great movie. 
great movie. All right. My number seven is a movie that some people, there's not a lot of middle ground on this one. Uh, Most people think it's pretty fantastic masterpiece level, but there's also a fairly large contingent that don't like it at all and think it's completely overhyped. I am on the side that says it's a masterpiece, and that is Guillermo del Toro's Pan's Labyrinth. Mm. Uh, Mm. I love this movie. It is nuanced in a way that very few genre films can achieve effectively. The writing is brilliant. The performances are brilliant. The cinematography is gorgeous. And the message of the, the multiple messages that are perfectly woven into the storytelling organically in a way that doesn't feel heavy handed is another reason that it is way up there for me. Fables have always been used to convey meaning and messaging and story. And this is the perfect modern day fable. I love it endlessly. So Chad, I I was cramming the past few days once we settled that we were going to, we were going to do this list. And so I was watching movies that I, I'm not sure I appreciated enough and that I knew, I knew that one was going to be on your list. Yeah. Uh, so I watched Pan's Labyrinth last night, um, and you hate it time. more now. <laughs> first time since high school. No, I never hated it. Um, I, I, I had watched. It just didn't make an impact on me when I watched it the first time, and sure. so this second time around, I loved that movie a oh, lot. That good. was really, really good. It's not, it's not on my list, but, but I, sure. I really appreciated it. It's so, it's so much more gruesome than I it remembered is. it being. It, it is, is no joke. It is yeah. not for kids at no. all. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it's, it was really good. Well, that's, that's one I, I did not, I guess like Daniel, I, I did not appreciate it when it first came out and I haven't revisited it. It's one that I'm like, oh, I recognize this technically really good, but, but it just didn't impact me the way that it should. So maybe I, I need to watch that one. It's on Netflix. Yeah. That's where I watched oh, it, it last night. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And the performance of having the innocent character, the young girl in the middle of unspeakable horror really does amplify uh, everything that that's going on. It's oh, I love that movie. All right. So let's go to our number six picks. We're back to you, Tyler. What's your number six? Well, for sort of talking about things that that impacted me or shifted the way that I could see things. Um, this movie changed uh, not not exactly how I could see comedy in, in particular, although it certainly informed some comedy that I love as well as horror movies that I love, too. I, I absolutely um, I love horror movies. I love zombie movies in particular. And uh, Shaun of the Dead, Edgar Wright's Shaun of the Dead, uh, all right. is a good one. one nice. of my favorites of all time. And and just the more that I, I – and that's one I can pop in anytime and I will laugh throughout the entire thing and just absolutely love every moment of it. And it's because I think it's a technical masterpiece. And furthermore, like if we go back to my 2010s list where I think I had two Edgar Wright mm-hmm. uh, movies on that list, I, I would venture to say he's probably my favorite director of all time, just at least – you would get along with Beecher because Edgar Wright is by far his favorite director. Oof, I love him. I love him. I can't hate on Beecher for that. That's that's <laughs> that's allowed. Um, yeah, genre deconstruction is difficult to pull off effectively, and he definitely has a knack for it. That one, that one in particular, is is really strong. Yeah, because it's not just a spoof. It is a good zombie movie while yeah. also yeah. being a spoof. You know, yep. absolutely. Right. Yep. All right, great. That's a great pick. Number six to you, April. Okay, so this film came out in 2002, so I think I saw it when I was 13 or 14, and it was one of the first films that I had ever seen that was based on a true story. I mean, I'd seen others, but that I, like, really actually connected, like, oh my gosh, this actually happened, I can't believe it, and then I did some research, and I asked my dad about it, and all this stuff. Anyway, I love this movie, and I still love it, and that is Catch Me If You Can. 
Oh, oh yeah. right. so good. Yes. Yes. I love that movie too. It's yes. underrated Spielberg for sure. It's yes. great. It is delightful. All like the soundtrack to that movie is just it's just flawless. It's so good too. It's great. So many iconic images too, like yep. walking through the airport and just, yes. just that's yep. a great, great, Pan great Am pick. And, yep. Yeah. Excellent pick. All right. Number six to you, Daniel. So this is the other pretty obvious pick that I'm sure is on. I know it's on two other lists. I'm, I'm wondering if it's on uh, the la- the other person's list, but that is, I didn't cheat like Tyler and April are going to cheat. Um, but it, it has to be on this list, and that's Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Um, <laughs> it's, it, it has so you to went be with Return this. of the King over Fellowship. Yeah, I know. Everyone's over two off. towers. Listen, are you guys over just going to list the towers? trilogy? That's what you're going to do. <laughs> what was that laugh? Over, over two towers. That Helm's Deep is the most iconic battle scene in the history mm. of I didn't movies. know that was anybody's favorite Lord of the Rings movie. That's it's a good one. How is it. it not? It's got the best scene. Uh, guys, I think we've hit on a hot button for April. <laughs> oh, I like wow. this. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I always hear most people's favorite seems to be Fellowship. But for, for me, uh, Return of the King, it, it's, it wraps up. This the greatest trilogy of all time so perfectly and and it, it's just so satisfying and yeah it's got like ten endings I get it but it's it's just so impactful and it just really really made a mark on me so I I can remember I was I can't remember how old I was when that came out I guess eleven and I remember being scared to see it in theaters because somebody had told me that um, that Gollum bites somebody's finger off and I was like that that freaked me out but then I watched it and it was just it, it made a big impact on me just so like you it didn't did for read the book. Then. Uh, uh, da- no, um, I've tried. Daniel doesn't read books. Hey, hey, I, hey. <laughs> I'm changing my ways. I've read that's some true. books. All right, that's true. I don't uh, want to. I don't want to kick you right now. Quarantine down. now. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I finished Gone Girl this morning. The book. So Gone Girl go. so good uh, too. That's oh. a good book. Uh, and okay, good okay. but anyway, ne- uh, Return <laughs> of the King. Yes, very good. I think that's the only Best Picture winner on on my list, and uh, and it definitely deserved it. So, so there you go. And uh, the whole trilogy is available on Netflix. So there you go. All right. Well, my number six, when I first started putting my list together, was one that I did not think would be on my top ten. But then as I began to whittle everything down and try to figure out, do I like this one over this one, et cetera, et cetera, it just not only did it make my list, it was all the way up at number six. And it's a film that I love and I've seen so many times. It stands up, I think, and that's Pixar's Finding Nemo. Nice. So it is, it's a movie that I was forced to revisit when my son discovered it and began to watch it endlessly. But there's something about this one that is so pure today. The, the, the messaging, the performances, Ellen Jenner's Dory is, is wonderful. Albert Brooks as the father and son relationship. It's just very nuanced as Pixar often is mm-hmm. trying to tell very serious stories about growing up and coming of age and trying to have your own agency. And oh, it's just beautiful. It's just a beautiful movie. And I love it. And the animation at it at the time was was groundbreaking, but still beautiful today. So for me, it's Finding Nemo, number six. So now we are at our top five. Here we go. Five to go. What are the best five films of the 2000s. Tyler, what's your number five? Well, this is uh, from another favorite director of mine, and I think and this is 
gosh, it, it is an epic in every sense of the word. It is over the top in every sense of the word. And I think it's it's one of his best films. It's not my favorite of his, but it is. Uh, it, this is Inglorious Bastards by, nice. from Quentin Tarantino, which we've said yeah. once already before. Daniel had that, I think. Yeah, I had it. Uh, yep. Yep, I absolutely love it, and uh, and it's it is it's a hard watch, but it is a it's a really really good one, and that is streaming on Netflix. Excellent, excellent pick, Glorious Master. It's great, great Tarantino for sure. All right, April, let's go to you. What is your number five? Uh, well, mine is also a repeat. Chad, I think you had this on your list earlier, um, but that is e- Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah, nice. just a great, beautiful film. Great pick. Yep, it is an absolutely wonderful pick. All right, moving right along. Daniel, what's your number five? Well, Chad, you're not the only one with Pixar on your list, and you're not the only one with Andrew Stanton on your list. My uh, <laughs> my number five <laughs> no, is not is Finding Nemo, though. <laughs> right. uh, it is WALL-E. Um, yep. That ah. is that is my favorite animated film of all time, um, and I, I just rewatched it, and, and the animation holds up so well. It, it, it's 12 years old, and it looks... It looks better than most animated films look today. I mean, it is remarkable. And the characterization is brilliant with almost no dialogue. Um, I think the movie is just gutsy and genius and so charming. And I know some people complain about the third act um, getting a little more cartoonish. And I don't deny it, but it's still so much fun throughout the whole thing. So, uh, so yeah, that is, that's my favorite animated film of the decade and really of all time. And it's obviously streaming on Disney+. Plus. Nice. Yeah, yep. that, and we should, that is a good one. And with, like you just pointed out too, with the, with the no dialogue or almost no dialogue for about half the movie, it is you don't you don't miss it even. You just it, it's this yeah. experience you sort of just fall into. It is mm-hmm. amazing. And it, and it is an so, amazing film. It's so like it feels so prescient. I mean, just it's the 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 climate change narrative, the yep. um, corporation taking over the world, the business leader president. Like yep. it's just it's just really. It's really it holds up so well. It really does. Yeah, the opening of that film is like a silent film in and of itself, very mm-hmm. much like Up mm-hmm. and 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 at Pixar has a they open films really well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I am one of those that was disappointed in the last third of that film. But it's still fantastic. I I wholeheartedly agree and don't begrudge your love for it. Um, My number five is also a repeat. I think we're getting to the place where we're going to have lots of those. Uh, And this was actually mentioned on Tyler's list. I thought this one was actually going to be higher. It worked its way down to number five. And I this is my guilty pleasure pick. And I don't apologize for it. It's Ocean's Eleven. It's never been done before. What's the target? When was the last time you were in Vegas? You want to knock over a casino? Three casinos? Vegas, huh? Vegas? Vegas. Fantastic. Casino security cannot be beaten. You're out of your minds. Exactly. You are up to something, Danny. What? You're pulling a job, aren't you? You're a thief and a liar. I only lied about being a thief. You're going to need a crew as nuts as you are. Who do you got in mind? Because the house takes you, unless when that perfect hand comes along, you bet big, and then you take the house. Been practicing this speech a little bit. Did I rush it? Felt like I rushed. That was good. I liked it. You're either in or you're out. I'm staying in. Nice. I love that movie. I'm so proud. That movie is perfect. I have seen, I've said this on the podcast that I've probably watched that singular film more than any other film that I've seen in my life Yeah, because it's perfect. Every scene is perfect. Every scene is stylish. Steven Soderbergh's direction is whip smart 
and the characters play off of each other in just absolutely perfect ways. It's exciting. It's romantic. It's Hollywood. It's great. I just love Ocean's Eleven, and I'll watch that movie, who knows, a hundred more times if I live. It's just, just great every single time. So, takes us to our number four. Tyler, let's go to you. What's your number four of the 2000s? Well, we've got another repeat, actually, and, and I agree with you. I think that we're going to see a lot of these, which which says something. You know, we're, we're, there's a consensus going on here. And this one is is uh, not the first time we realized that, that our main character, or our main actor, I should say, uh, could do drama, but could do it in such a in such a way that was deeply affecting uh and this is and it's also a weird movie but wonderfully weird it's eternal sunshine of the spotless mind it is is such a powerful movie absolutely right all right so I, i think what we'll do when the when we get finished with our list here is we'll try and see if we have a consensus yeah. overall of the decade and see where those so that's definitely the first there's one to, to so be far. on all three lists i think or maybe there's a couple all right so let's go to you april what is your number four it is another repeat yes and it is fantastic and i can watch it over and over again and it doesn't lose its splendor and that is the dark knight wonderful nice. right yep excellent pick for all the reasons stated daniel yep. number four Number four, I don't anticipate being on other people's lists, but it's a movie that really um, has stuck with me ever since I, I first saw it, and uh, I, I, it's Into the Wild, Sean Penn's uh, adaptation of the book. It is, um, mm-hmm. I love the almost anthology sort of storytelling, um, but it adds up to this melancholic, tragic, and strangely inspiring journey, and, and it's just, it's one of my all-time favorite films, and it never ceases to make an impact on me every single time I watch it. And um, and as an aside, the Eddie Vedder soundtrack is yeah. one of my favorite soundtracks ever, and I listen to it really, really often. Uh, but the movie itself is is honestly really incredible, really, really incredible. So yeah. into the wild. I want to buy you a new car. Why would I want a new car? Dodson runs great. I don't want anything. Everything has to be difficult. So you're a leather now. I'm a leather? Yeah, a leather tramp. That's what they call the ones that hoof it. Don't you think you ought to be getting a job and making something of this life? I only got one plan. I'm going to Alaska. Alaska, Alaska? Or city Alaska? I'm going to be all the way out there. Yes. Yeah. In the wild. Just, what are you doing when we're there? Now you're in the wild. Just, what are you doing? You're just living, man. I read somewhere how important it is in life not necessarily to be strong but to feel strong to measure yourself at least once where are your mom and dad living their lives somewhere do your folks know where you are if you want something in life you John grab It is a very good movie. I like it very much. Not on my list, but but excellent. Few, um, my few movies n- have made me so angry as that one. That one is sure, and not not at, like it was. It's made incredibly well, and, and and of course, but it's just this kid's story. I'm just like I, ugh, like, what an idiot! Like just uh, makes yeah. me mad. So. My number four is absolutely the same as April's. It is also The Dark Knight for all the reasons we've already mentioned. It's a uh, it's a masterpiece. Uh, It holds up. Um, It's in the conversation for a greatest comic book film of all time, for sure. Uh, Oscar winning performance for the Joker for Heath Ledger and all the things. Just an absolutely great movie. And it is available to stream on Netflix. So let's go now to our top three. Things are getting serious. Tyler, what's your number three? 
Well, this is a, another repeat from a, a director we've seen before here, and I think that this is his second best movie of all time. His first best is not in this decade, uh, but it is Kill Bill Volume One. I think it mm-hmm. is. I think it is. It's a perfect movie, kind of like you were saying with Ocean's Eleven, uh, Chad. I, I which mm-hmm. I love as well, and was on my list. But but Kill Bill Volume One. I think every scene is is absolutely perfect in every single way. And it's it's a movie that I I can watch again and again. And I don't even need to watch volume two because I think volume two is not very good. Um, but oh, but, volume, <laughs> but volume one, it got better the last time I watched it. But volume one is just a perfect movie in nearly every respect. I think this is where Daniel says they're all one movie, right, Daniel? Uh, of course, they're definitely two movies. <laughs> <laughs> we bought two tickets. Exactly. Well, here's the thing. I, I actually think Volume 2 is a masterpiece, but I but I adore Volume 1 as yeah. well. So uh, it did not make my list surprisingly. It's on. It's I'm in surprised. my honorable mentions. Yeah, but but a very good pick for sure. You don't, you don't like it as much as, as Inglourious Bastards, as far as I remember. That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, two Tarantino so, movies on Tyler's list. Yeah, that's true. Mm. That is true. All right, April, what do you got for your number three? Well, I have a Quentin Tarantino movie here, and it's been mentioned already, and it is not Kill Bill, but it is Inglorious Bastards. Nice. Yeah. That opening scene with Christoph right? Waltz in the house, like, it's so intense, brilliant. and he's just walking. Like, that mm-hmm. is just brilliant cinema. Yep. Absolutely right. Agree wholeheartedly. All right, Daniel, what is your number three? For my number three, I complete uh, the four for four. Uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Nice. There we go. On my so list. good. Um, so I actually just rewatched it about an hour ago. It is it is so, so impactful. I've loved this film for so long. The The brilliance of the concept, um, the complexity, it, it is so complex. Um, it's, it's romantic, but also otherworldly and, and very abstract. And... Um, I just I love how sad and lovely and hopeful and it's 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 everything and and um, it is easily Jim Carrey's best performance. He is so so good in that movie. Um, but but most of all the screenplay. It is it's I think it's one of the best screenplays of all time. Um, just for the way that it layers in mystery, confusion, but but not enough confusion to make you angry, just enough to make you curious. So yeah, it is it's brilliant. It's it's really really brilliant. So Eternal Sunshine of Spouse Mind, and it's available on Stars. There you go. And April and I are in lockstep again. Our last two picks. My number three is Inglorious Bastards. Nice. It is. Uh, it's Tarantino's masterpiece, as he so ineloquently states. Brad Pitt states at the end of that film. But it's not just the opening scene. It's the card scene in the bar. Yeah. It's the. Yeah. There are so many masterclass in writing, in shot composition, in performance. It is. It's really fantastic, and one of the. One of his best films for sure. So that's why it's my number three, which takes us now. And it's available on Netflix, I should say. Uh, so now we go to number two, our top two picks. Tyler, number two. This might be on all four. It's at least on three of ours now, I believe. Uh, this is The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight that's on, is... That's on all four. Is it all four? Mm-hmm. The Dark Knight is... Uh, it, it's funny that that came, that came out the same year as Iron Man. So like while, while the MCU was just getting started, The Dark Knight was hitting... DC's peak uh, by far, I think, and and it's just it's a it's a perfect uh, action movie. It's it's the, probably the best comic book movie ever made. It is so 
powerful and and dark and messed up and weird and gives so much fodder for ethical discussion. I love it. I love it through and through. Yep, Dark Knight so for good. sure. All right, number two. That's way up there. All right, April, coming down to your final two picks. What's number two? I have a pick that has not been said yet for number two. Oh, wow. And this basically started my love for lower budget, smaller films. I adore this film for everything that it is. It was the first film that I've seen that had that kind of weird indie feel to it. Um, And I had friends that hated it because it didn't have a quote-unquote happy ending, but I think it had a wonderfully happy ending. And I love this movie to this day. And that is 500 Days of Summer. days of Los Angeles, of promises, of uncertainty, of summer. Fox Searchlight Pictures presents 500 Days of Summer. So wonderful. Oh, man. Yeah, okay. Not to play a spoiler, but I have a feeling you may hear from that one again. (laughs) I know that will be on somebody else's list. Oh, man. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. We've had many discussions about this movie. I think it's fine. Uh, But I'm glad that you love it. I'm glad you love it. I really do. I think it's great. I think it's great. It's totally fine. Uh, All right. Daniel, what is your number two? My number two has been mentioned on two other lists, and Chad described it as a guilty pleasure. Tyler oh. described it uh, at like he was ashamed that it even made his list. <laughs> he uh, did. Not a surprise, surprise, not ashamed, surprise. He, he, well, he sounded ashamed, and uh, I am completely unashamed. I don't know why guilty pleasure or or any feeling of shame needs to belong. This movie is amazing it's oceans 11 it is yeah it is it is brilliant it is the most rewatchable uh film it's up there you can just pop this in front of anybody i think it's the sort of film that you could sit almost anybody i guess 13 or over in front of this movie and they will at least really really enjoy themselves and so you know now i live in las vegas and so it's just uh it's it's cool kind of being in the same environment and it, it is it's kind of heightened my appreciation of the film uh because i live here now and it's just it is just so much fun so brilliant and um I, you know we've talked enough about it it's just it's charming and it is a wonderful wonderful film it is don't take my guilty pleasure as a throwing shade i just mean it's guilty it pleasure meaning i can never not watch it when it comes on um, it's great. It's absolutely great. All right. My number two is a repeat, but it's only been mentioned on one list. And that's not surprising. This was a polarizing film for sure. But for me, it's a masterpiece. It has a absolute palpable sense of tension that ratchets up through the entirety of the film. It has an iconic villain performance that is an all-time great. And the direction is impeccable. It feels dirty to watch the movie, which is what they want you to feel. But it's also the themes that they explore are very complex about impending death and so many other things. And that's no country for old men. I love that movie. I think it is a perfect movie. I have so many friends and family 
who detest the ending because they wanted to see the big showdown because that's what we're conditioned to see in the films. But the ambiguity of the way that it ends and not getting that emotional release is part of the point. I just love it. I think it's great. And in our spoiler bump, we actually have Mm -hmm. two sound bites Mm -hmm. from No Country for Old Men and Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got them? There's so many places it would never occur to a hawk to hide. However, the reason the Führers brought me off my Alps in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur to me. In the dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. And he's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there in all that dark and all that cold. And I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. And then I woke up. Which now takes us to our number one picks, the best wow. of the decade. Tyler, what's the best movie of the 2000s? Well, uh, so I, I'm, I'm going to cheat, but then I'm going to let you pin me down and say and say one of them. So uh, here we go. Yeah. So it's for me, it is The Lord of the Rings. Uh, all three of them as number one. I know. <laughs> shocking. <laughs> shocking. Calm down, everyone. But if you had to pin me down and, and I had to pick one, um, while I recognize that Return of the King might be technically the best and it's got the payoff at the end and it's it's really it's it's a it's an amazing movie. I love Fellowship of the Ring. That's you know, if you pin me down, that's my number one. One ring to rule them all. One ring to find them. One ring to bring them all. And in the darkness, bind them. Even the smallest person can change the course of the future. It's a closer movie. It's a more intimate movie. It's really about these people coming together to fight evil rather than the big battles all the way throughout. Um, and, and I, again, love Two Towers, love Return of the King, but but Fellowship, the tone is just, um, it's still light. It's not as bleak. Uh, it's powerful. Uh, it's, it's just gorgeous. And the music, come on, Howard Shore's score is just absolutely um, out of this world amazing. All right. No surprise there. But we took Fellowship. You cheated to try to do a trilogy. Um, I have a feeling that may come up again, but we'll give you we'll give you Fellowship. So, April, what is your number ones? Well, my number one is also my favorite movies of all time. (laughs) And I can't separate it because it's one story. You can buy all three together. In one package. How many movie tickets did you buy? <laughs> I probably bought 30. <laughs> 30. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that is obviously the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And let me say, I saw the first movie seven times in theaters. Yeah. Holy and I was like about 12 the same. and yeah. homeschooled. Ouch. So my parents would just like drop me off and be like, I'd beg them like every day, like, please let me go watch it again. Like I was obsessed. And then I saw the other two four times each in theaters. I'm a fan. And I couldn't pick just one because it's one story and I can debate 
you guys on which one's the better of it but it's one story and I love it and this was there's also the trilogy that got me into the Oscars because I wanted it to win so badly every year so that was the first time I ever watched the Oscars and so I'm still like a little pissed at Chicago and a beautiful mind because both ridiculous yeah the Lord of the Rings should have won it should have swept so not bitter about it so Lord of the Rings and and I'm not gonna pick a favorite because Spoiler alert, your parents were just doing that because they wanted to get a couple of hours away from you. <laughs> they probably um, did, but I, I don't care. I loved it. True. It was a win-win. Uh, no, it is a win-win for all parties involved. Number mm-hmm. two, it sounds as if we actually have differing opinions between the three of you. April, I believe your favorite is The Two Towers, Tyler's is Fellowship, and Daniel's mm-hmm. is Return of the King. Is that yeah, correct? It's yeah. interesting. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think if you had to... Me down. Well, she was about but to punch me when so I said the close. other one. So. <laughs> she got very mad when you insulted yeah. uh, the uh, the well, battle at the end yeah, of Two Towers. He, ju- he just laughed at it. Like, that is not a movie that you laugh at. <laughs> one does not simply laugh at that movie. It's, uh... <laughs> no, exactly. All right. So, well, the, the, the ranking of number one. Well, see, here's the problem. We can't do a consensus unless you pick one, April. So you're going to have to pick one. No. Do Don't make me. It's, it's Lord on. of the Rings. Wait, pick right, pick so one of the two of ours so that it's guaranteed that one of them so gets in. April no, picks y'all the, need to just pick both choose the two towers <laughs> instead. Okay. <laughs> she's she's standing her ground. That's good for her. So that will not be our consensus number one. So that's fine. Wait, which takes how, us, why can't it just be a Lord of the Ring movie? And then because it's, whoever it's listens movies. can fill in their movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Whoa, I love y'all it. Y'all are killing me. Well, we'll see, where it, we'll see where it shakes out. Let's go to you, Daniel. What is your number one? Y'all know my number one. <laughs> my number one was a- a- April already had it. Every time I try to pick a favorite film of all time, or or just what what tops a list like this, um, I-, I have this film near the top, and I'll go a little while without watching it, or or think to myself, is the film really as good as I remember it? And then I'll re- rewatch it, and I'm I'm impacted by it all over again. And that's Five Hundred Days of Summer. It so is. Good. It is beautiful. The, the way the film externalizes so many in, e, internal feelings, the way it approaches relationships, it's, it's just brilliant. And I, I agree with what April said. A lot of people see the, see the ending as sad, which I think is a little ironic because right. like, the plot point is that uh, in the film is that people misread the ending of The Graduate. And, and I think people do the same thing to this film. Yeah. Um, if you think that Summer is a villain, or if you think that uh, she's an awful person or that this movie is sad, you need to go revisit the movie because you mm-hmm. are completely misunderstanding this film if that's Agreed. what you take away from it. And so, yeah, I just, uh, I love this movie so much. I think it is brilliant. And I might jump between this or one or two other movies from time to time, but in this moment, I can call 500, 500 Days of Summer my favorite film of all time. So there you go. Wow. Spoiler wow. alert for the for the overall top 10. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I don't understand that at all, but I am certainly <laughs> glad that you love it. I really am because I love movies and I love that you love movies. So that's that's great. <laughs> it's so patronizing. Um, I know. I mean, I seriously mean it. So the fact that you are as passionate about it is a great thing. That's wonderful. Yeah, all right. All right. Uh, it's certainly not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. My number one is a mo- is a movie that has not been on anybody's list, so it will definitely not be the consensus pick, but it was my easiest pick when putting this list together. The snub, the Oscar snub at the center performance of this film remains one of the angriest I've ever been at an, at an Oscar snub. But this movie is a movie that 
was made for me. It is my sensibilities. It talks about someone in a relentless pursuit of a dream at all costs, the authentic self-destructive nature of, of an addict, a person who just cannot get ahead because of their constant self-destruction, beautiful performance at the middle of it, heartbreaking, authentic cinematography. It's fantastic. And it's Darren Aronofsky's The Wrestler. Good, you really brought it. Thank you, thank you. You hang in there, you got a lot of ability. Have you ever seen a one trick pony in fields so happy and free? If you ever well, I was wondering if I could get some more work. All I got is weekends. Isn't that when you sit on other dudes' faces? Have you ever seen a one legged dog? You have a beer with me? <laughs> one beer. If you ever seen you have a daughter? Oh, my daughter, she don't like me very much. You should call her. And you seen me. What do you want from me? I'm an old, broken-down piece of meat, and I deserve to be all alone. I just don't want you to hate me. I love this movie. It is as real as it gets. Mickey Rourke losing to Sean Penn, who was completely fine as Harvey Milk. Completely fine. But the fact that Mickey Rourke who, by the way, Sean Penn recognized Mickey Rourke when he was up there because he know what was he knew what was up. But it is just as real. It hurts to watch this movie of the Ram, but it is beautiful in a way that, and profoundly beautiful with what it's talking about. And I'm a huge wrestling fan, or used to be when I was growing up. So it was just these people who just beat themselves up night after night after night for a show. And then when the they lose their juice or they get older, society throws them away. And I love this movie. I absolutely love it still today. And so it's The Wrestler is wow. my number one film of I've the 2000s. I've actually never seen it. Nice. Oh, I saw it. It my, didn't make much of an impact on me. I didn't get a chance to rewatch it. Sure, sure. Well, and again, and this is not patronizing, so don't take it that way. But if I had seen this movie when I was in my 20s, I don't think it would have moved me as much as it mm. did when I saw it in my mid-30s or 30s. So let's see, before we go into our honorable mentions, do we have a consensus? So the movies that were on all four of our lists were Inglorious Bastards, The Dark Knight, Eternal and Sunshine. Eternal Sunshine. I think that I think Eternal Sunshine was probably highest uh, highest average no i don't know because eternal sunshine where was it for you tyler four four daniel three three april uh five eternal five and it was nine for me so that is that's up there uh inglorious bastards was three for me three for april what for you daniel five and daniel for you nine nine well that's that's a little higher dark knight was dark knight was uh, two for for me It was, it was two, two, eight, four, four. Man, Interesting. That's, that's really close. You're actually going to have to like do the math and it's going to be down to decimals. Probably. Maybe. Yeah. I think it's between Inglorious Bastards and the Dark Knight. All right. Let me, let me do it real quick. So, Unless we uh, want to uh, let us all cheat and say Lord of the Rings. What yeah, no, that's well, not to be happening. fair, if you were going to make me pick one, then my whole top three spots would have been Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs> that's, that's actually uh, true. <laughs> Which would have been rather boring for well, the show. Well, we weren't spots. trying to make you do anything. The nature of a top ten list is that you would have one movie for each list. So right. your argument is with the rules of math. Hey, of get, is it, though? Let's not get hung up on this. Let's, let's, uh, 
All right, so let's do this. It needs to be Inglorious Bastards or The Dark Knight because it's ostensibly a tie based on the rankings. So, Tyler, if you have to pick between those two, which one is it for you? Dark Knight. And Daniel? Dark Knight. April? Inglorious Bastards. And it's Inglorious Bastards <laughs> for me. All right, so we'll just call it a tie. The movies yeah. the movies of the decade for the screeners are Inglorious Bastards and The Dark Knight. You can't go wrong with either. <laughs> and there you have it. So let's do very quickly honorable mentions. Tyler, what do you got? Let's see. Little Miss Sunshine, Darjeeling Limited, 28 Days Later, Sideways, The Hurt Locker. Just fantastic movies. A couple others that I'll mention in our in our uh breakdowns but i really love those Darjeeling perfect april limited. honorable mentions it's honorable my it's mentions. my favorite wes anderson movie Dar- Darjeeling That's limited. Yeah. yeah interrupted april. thanks sorry um <laughs> you're fine uh slumdog millionaire mm. the yeah. born trilogies yep. Yep. um iron man juno yeah nice. spider-man yeah. the original yeah a bunch of good ones That's great okay daniel yeah, I did a top 20 uh, like I did for the last decade, so I'll just list those out real fast uh, in order from 20 up. Uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, that's the Apatow movie that, that made it in. Hot Fuzz, Brokeback Mountain, Catch Me If You Can, There Will Be Blood, The Departed, Up in the Air, Finding Nemo, Casino Royale, and Castaway. Great, up great. Up in the Air is great. Yep, my honorable mentions were District 9, Munich, mm. which is an underrated masterpiece, Little Miss Sunshine, Zodiac, Fellowship of the of the Ring, uh, Letters from Iwo Jima, Kill Bill, Eight Mile, which that's a real guilty nice. pleasure. I wow. love that movie. Iron Man and Juno. So great, great movies from that decade for sure. And so now, Daniel, let's go to you and talk about some specific genres and performances. Absolutely. We like we did for our last decade here. We're just going to go through a few of these uh, few genres and then pick a couple other honorable. Uh, couple other superlatives here as we as we wrap things up so we're going to go through these pretty quickly we're not going to go into a huge ton of detail on these but we're going to go through some some genres first so we're going to start with action what is your favorite action movie of the 2000s so let's start with you tyler what do you have for all these i'm going to I'm going to go off, like, away from the list. So even if they were in my top ten, I want to just be able to say something that's a little bit different and point to something different. So Born Ultimatum is mine. So oh, good. Nice. Mm. Yeah. Can't all right. That's great. Uh, all right, April, what is your favorite action movie of the decade? Uh, well, I actually almost put uh, Born Ultimatum, but I did not. This film kind of started the whole Marvel universe that we know today as just like being a re- one of the first really good films of the universe, I should say. Um, and that is Iron Man. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's the first one. Great. Yeah. Nice. And Chad, what's your favorite action movie? My favorite action movie is 300. Really? This good. is wow. Sparta. Although, truthfully, it's the Bourne trilogy. Yeah. But since Tyler said it, I was like, oh, it was, it was a, a close run up. I love yeah. 300, and it's just pure action. It's all that that dumb movie right. is, is just right. action. But, all right, and for me, uh, it's already been mentioned, but it's Casino Royale. It's, it's just it's so mm-hmm. so brilliant, and I can, I'm can i so disappointed that we don't have No Time to Die yet, and that got pushed, but uh, we'll see this November. All right, next genre up, we have animation. Tyler, what's your favorite animated movie of the decade? Up, hands down. I mm-hmm. thought that was uh, phenomenal. I love Wally. I love some of the other ones we've talked about too. But Up is just meaningful and powerful, and just it's beautiful film. Very good. All right, April. Mine is actually Shrek. Wow. Nice. Wait. Nice. Was I that... loved Shrek. 
Oh my like, gosh, I thought I am like messing up on dates. Wasn't that two, it was 2001? Okay. Yeah, was yeah no, I've rewatched pretty much all of the animated films from that nice. decade with my three-year-old. Nice. And Shrek holds up and was making me laugh. Oh, yeah. Like, funny. present day. Like, that yeah. is a brilliant movie yeah. for the kids and the adults. <laughs> yeah, good. it's great. Super good. All right, Chad, what's yours? I, I forgot to mention this when we started the superlatives is I made the decision that if any of my true winners also found their way onto my top 10 that I would not use them for superlatives. Same. So Same. animation was Finding Nemo, but for me, since I already used it, it's definitely up. I agree with Tyler. It's a great movie for all the reasons he said. Nice. And uh, I made the same decision, so I had Wally in my top 10, but my answer for this one is Finding Nemo. Nice. There you go. Mm. Excellent. All right. Uh, we are on to sci-fi. What's your favorite sci-fi film? Tyler? This was a hard one for me, actually. I, I was I went back and forth between a couple of others. I thought about saying Signs um, because April, uh, when April said it, I decided to cut it out because I love Signs, but we've talked about it. I'm going to go with uh, Danny Boyle's Sunshine, uh, nice. which is mm. just so weird and scary and great concept yeah very good all right april this one was a tough one for me too but i'm going to go with the one that i just loved in the moment and still love but um that is minority report Ooh, nice Mm, very good underrated spielberg Spielberg. yes all right chad what's your favorite sci-fi film of the decade I went back and forth with Children of Men and Minority Report, Mm. and ultimately I had to go with my heart. I know Children of Men is probably better, maybe, but I love Minority Report, so it's also Minority Report. That is a great movie, and it's my pick as well, Minority Report. It wasn't even in my running. I need to watch it again. It is a great, great movie. Now, hold on. We had this issue when we did the genre picks last time. You three (laughs) kept matching (laughs) over and over again, so maybe Tyler and I swapped places here. Yeah, maybe. We have for the rest of them. Uh, all right, we're moving on to horror. Tyler, what's your favorite horror movie of the decade? This is this is my genre. I am I am like boning up on horror lately, and and I, I love horror across the board anyway. But uh, but this is the decade I started to get into horror. And uh, Twenty Eight Days Later, another Danny Boyle mm. film, mm. is and especially it's it's for our time right now of of kind of isolation and there's a disease going around the world and things like that. Yeah. It is particularly poignant. I'm gonna, I think I'm actually going to rewatch it tonight. Nice. It's great. All right, April, what's your I know we know how much you love horror. What is your I know. favorite horror? You know what's really weird though? In the 2000s, uh high school April actually went through a horror phase. Wow. So right. Yeah, so I actually have seen I was like listing them all off to my husband Beecher and he was like, "I haven't seen any of these. So you need to stop saying that you don't like horror." And I was like, "Okay, whatever." Um so anyway, I am very torn on this one between two. And one is a heart pick, and one is what I think is actually scarier. But I'm going to go with the heart pick, and that is The Ring. Oh, wow. so good. Nice. That's a good so movie. good. Yes. Well, what's My your other one? And I, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, the other one is Paranormal Activity. Excellent. Yes. Um, Almost mine. Almost wait, I think mine. But my brothers and I, we oh, rented. What was parent? Was that 2010? I'm looking it up, I think. Or 2009, I maybe? don't think it was, because I was looking. Maybe it was. Let's see. Ricky rule checker over here. <laughs> yeah, she no didn't kidding. pick it. She didn't pick it, so it's okay. Yeah, that's true. It's 2007, you punk. Oh wow. Wait, Bam. Really? Paranormal Activity two. It was 2010. Huh. Wow. So. Shot down, Daniel. Shot down. Wow. Yeah. You win. <laughs> yeah. No. Anyway, with the ring, my brothers and I rented it. I don't know where my parents were, but they didn't know we did. And once again, that night we had those little like tiny 13 inch box tvs in our rooms and so i snuck into one of my brother's rooms in the middle of the night and i turned it on to a blurry channel so good and 
freaked him out and it's still yep. one of my favorite memories of just like torturing my little brother so the ring perfect okay just because i i can't let's let something go uh so it it yes was made in 2007 and then it was shown at only a couple film festivals up until it premiered at telluride 2009 and had wide release in october 2009 so there you go Okay, Sorry, well, that still counts. Also, the decade. It, it yeah, that's still. <laughs> I was just clarifying. I was just clarifying. I'm pretty sure I saw Daniel's it. Daniel's trying October to clarify that he's still wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to clarify, I'm still wrong. I want to be wrong, but in the right way. <laughs> I understand. Correctly wrong. <laughs> All right, Chad, what's your favorite horror movie? I don't know why April and I always go freaking toe to toe identical <laughs> lists on these so things. Crazy. It's The Ring, and it's nice. it is very few horror movies actually disturb me yeah. or scare me, but this one did. It is it's better and this is almost never the case this one is better than the japanese version ringu that it's based on it is fantastic and very much like april my brother brandon was working with a friend of ours the three of us saw it together the next day our friend went in and set brandon's desktop to (laughs) to like a tv thing and this is pre you know ubiquitous internet where you could get everything like this so he turns on his computer and it's like the fuzzy thing and then the ring circle and we would call each other at three in the morning and be like seven days oh i love it terrifying it's terrifying so good so anyway it's great it's a great movie Nice, nice. Well, I did not match up with you guys this time around. My my pick is a horror comedy, but, you know, there is horror there. So I'm going to call it Shaun of the Dead as my Excellent. favorite horror movie that of works. the decade. Very good. All right, and now our last of the genre picks. We're going to end, uh, end happy here. What's your favorite comedy movie of the decade, Tyler? Well, this is uh, because I, I just texted this to Daniel because I screwed up royally and missed – uh, that forgetting Sarah Marshall, I forgot the year of it. Uh, I thought it was 2010, so I didn't even didn't even put it on my list for, for consideration. Forgetting Sarah Marshall is my favorite. It would have been in my top ten. It probably would have been number three. Whoa. It's one of my favorites of all time. It is the only movie I have ever watched multiple times in one day. And so huh. I'm, I've got. I'm going to put it here. Uh, I'm going to respect the integrity of my list, but uh, it'll it'll be here as the best comedy of the twenty of the 2000s. Interesting. Very good pick. All right, uh, April, what's your favorite comedy? I decade? think this genre is actually the hardest for me because there are some brilliant comedies in no this doubt. decade. But I'm going to go with my heart and the one that has made me laugh the most because I've watched it so many times, and that is Tropic Thunder. So yes. good. All right. Oh, so good. Yes. I love that movie so much. Mm-hmm. Very, very good pick. All right, uh, Chad, what's your favorite comedy of the decade? Yeah, there were a lot of contenders here. You know, you had 40-Year-Old Virgin, Knocked Up, Super Bad, Anchorman. I mean, come on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hangover? The Hangover, oh, right, yeah. the first one. So, But ultimately, I ended up in a movie that I talked about recently that is not for everybody, but it is for me, uh, and that's Borat. I love that wow. comedy. Oh, I think it is brilliant, and his satire is a lost art in 2020, and he is a brilliant satirist. It's so good. Nice. Very, very good. And for me, um, uh, I already mentioned it in my honorable mentions that reminded Tyler. Yes, it's forgetting Sarah Marshall. Uh, I, I just it's so it's so raunchy, but it's so heartfelt, genuinely heartfelt. Yeah. So it's it's hilarious. I, I really love that movie quite a bit. All right, we are almost done here. Two more things left to talk about. First, we are going to go with our best performance overall of the entire decade. So male, female, supporting lead, doesn't matter. Just your favorite performance of the decade. Tyler, what do you have? 
All right, mine's going to be uh, – oh, our, our, my decision to, like, not include things we've talked about before does not apply to this one. Gosh, it's still a toss-up, and I'm rethinking it as I'm talking about it. I'm going to go with Elijah Wood in Lord of the Rings, the whole trilogy. And this mm-hmm. one I am going to say, the whole trilogy, because it's, it's three movies long of sustained just – of drama, of tension, of of exhaustion. You just yeah. believe that this guy is exhausted after going with he's uh, what he's gone through. Yeah, Elijah. All right, April. What's your favorite performance of the decade? I probably would have gone with someone from Lord of the Rings, but I viewed them all more ensemble. So mm-hmm. I am going to go with Kate Winslet in Eternal Sunshine. Nice. Oh, there wow. you go. Excellent. Yeah. yeah, she's great. Awesome. All right, Chad. What's your pick? I refuse to let. You tell me that I can't break the rules like Chris, and I, I did a, a male and a female, and so uh, it's male is Mickey Rourke for the wrestler, although very close with Christoph Waltz for Inglorious Bastards, mm-hmm. oh, and yes. female is Marion Cotillard for La Vie en Rose, yeah. which I still think is a a really? magnificent, brilliant performance. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so for me, it was tough. Uh, I, I a few because nobody else mentioned some of these. Uh, I, I really. Thought about going with Daniel Day Lewis and There Will Be Blood. I mean, mm. that's just a gigantic and imposing performance. Or yes, Christoph Waltz for for uh, Hans Landa, just because he's so iconic already. Um, but I actually went with Tom Hanks in Castaway. Um, nice. That entire film yeah. is carried on his shoulders. I mean, for ninety percent of the movie, it's literally just him, um, and he's heartbreaking and lovable, and he plays two very different people right in the two, kind of two halves of those movie of that movie and uh i mean it's because of his performance that your heart can break when a volleyball mm. floats away in the water and um mm-hmm. so yeah so i think uh, i think that's the best performance of the decade so there's my pick nice no argument there all right those are great picks so we have one final thing uh, the most rewatchable film of the decade all right so uh so hopefully there's a movies that are happy that and uh also, if you haven't picked it yet or haven't looked yet, tell people where they can stream uh, or rent or whatever this pick because it's rewatchable. We need things to watch right now while we're all isolated. So add that to your uh, to your pick if you can. All right. So, Tyler, what is the most rewatchable movie of the decade? Uh, just by numbers, I actually went and, and uh, looked back at my, at my letterbox stats uh, not long ago, and it is – I watched this – I think I've already watched this once this year, and I watched it three times last year. Casino Royale. Uh, it is, wow. it is right. one of my movie. favorites. So good. Ocean's Eleven could be close, but that one's that one's it. Very good. And it's uh, streaming on HBO Go. Nice. All right, April, what's your most rewatchable movie? I know you can definitely rent this film, uh, and it looks like it might be on Stars. I don't know. Um, anyway, but that is Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, All so right. good. Great pick. Yes. That is the one you can just leave on. There's quotable little nitbits throughout the whole thing, and it's For hilarious. sure. That's it's, a great and pick. it's clean. I was yeah. in middle school when I came out. I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> I, I watched that probably 3,000 times yep. in one yeah. year. Yeah, uh, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, that is not apparently streaming anywhere, but you can, of course, rent it at all the normal normal places. Uh, all right, Chad, what is your most rewatchable film? I've said it a hundred times. It's Ocean's Eleven. Nice. No, no doubt about it. That's it's a good one. My, my all-time most rewatchable. And I also don't think it is streaming anywhere, but it is available to rent 
mm-hmm. or go buy a Blu-ray for about five bucks, people. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's the correct answer. Ocean's Eleven is just the most rewatchable movie of all time. I mean, it is so it is. easy to pop in. I already talked about it, so I don't need to. Everybody in that movie is freaking beautiful. Brad Pitt looks mm-hmm. like a god. I mean, come on. <laughs> Even when he's <laughs> stuffing his thing. face full of food the whole time. Yeah, it's he dressed. He's so cool. All it's just what a great movie. Yep. So good. All right, everyone. That wraps up our best of the 2000s, best of the decade list. Uh, man, thanks for joining us for this episode. And uh, there are so many great movies from this decade and probably so many that we missed. So let us know what we missed. What are your favorites from the decade that we didn't talk about? Chime in on social media. You can find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. We are available to hear from you. So let us know uh, what your favorites of the decade are. All right, everyone, stay safe, stay healthy, stay isolated as we get through this COVID-19 crisis, and we will see you on the other side. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.